Welcome friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you are today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry with uh, me, your host, Dick Dalton. And as we always do, uh, we have the pleasure of talking with people that are building a more humane world from the inside out. And today my guest is one of those people, Murphy Ward. Hello, everybody. I don't have as great of an introduction as that, like, you know, but I just want to say hi. <laughs> Everybody's doing great. Having a great Wednesday. Yeah. Murphy Ward is a fellow actor with me down in Columbia, anyway. Yeah. At, uh, I mean, down in Jeff City. Jeff City, Columbia. Columbia. Wherever need be, you know. And uh, we. See, we did uh, Sister Act yes. together, where we competed uh, yeah, for, in fast uh, costume changes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did. I just layered mine up so that whenever, you know, they ripped off the costume, you know, it was a little bit easier. Uh, you then, were the policeman. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it, was, it was a really fun one. I was uh, Sweaty Eddie, and you were the Monsignor, right? That was the... Yeah. So I had, I had a, a few more seconds than you to switch out, and I had a team in the back that would... You know, I don't look at it as a competition like that. I think of that as like, you know, we're brothers in arms, you know. Thank you. So, Thank it's, it's you, yeah. Allies. It was great. It was great. And then uh, Newsies came yes, along. Yes, yes. And uh, we had our, our roles, but, you know, not the spotlight so much. And then uh, just finished Jesus Christ Superstar. Yep, yep. That was a fun one. It was cool as, like, fellow disciples and just kind of getting to be a part of that. And Yeah, let's see. Always hoped that I'd be an apostle. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but you got to be Judas. I did, I did. It was in, that was kind of a, I remember watching the show in high school. I watched it like on Netflix, kind of just stumbled across it. I like a, oh. writing a paper late one night and like turned it on. I was at my buddy Jacob's house and we like turned it on. I was like, what is this? He's like, turn it off. That's weird. I'm like, no, like leave it on. It's weird. That's the point. Like, it's super strange. And so it's an acquired taste. You know, I, I talked to a lot of people about it after the fact. And a lot of people were like, oh, they were impressed with the performances. But maybe they're just like, but I don't really get what was happening. What was happening? <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's, it's definitely like, you know, it's very like it has it's, it's bitter in some places and then it's very sweet in others. And you're kind of like trying to like figure the best way to marry those together. I never saw the movie, mm -hmm. so, but I heard it has tanks rolling through the streets. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, the aesthetic is like all seventies vibe, right? So everybody's kind of wearing like you know long flowy kind of clothes, and every like you know the main characters are wearing like you know have Jesus with more maybe a like conventional like garb, and then you have like Judas, and he's wearing all red and a long V, and it's it's something different. And there's tanks rolling around your right, and like you know there's like kind of dilapidated buildings with like you know high-rise kind of vibe going on and scaffolding rather mm -hmm. and it's it's something strange you know judas comes down on a cross and he's wearing all white at one point to sing superstar he so. comes on a cross he does he, jesus or judas judas, judas. Yeah. he actually comes oh. like so it's more of like a feeling of you know the music talks about like angels and uh -huh. for everybody at home that's never heard of this i'm sorry it's very good <laughs> it, it is confusing <laughs> but uh yeah it's judas actually like is wearing all white and like they're, they're like they're angels and soul girls and you know so it's mm -hmm. Sometimes it's more of like a, an ascent. It's a descent rather than like him coming up to talk, you know, uh, from hell. It's more of like a heavenly. Th so it's like an interesting interpretation and like kind of, you know, a lot of the the song feels very out of place, you know, especially people have heard the superstar of like, 
it talks about kind of being out of time almost like you know mm-hmm. talks about things in retrospect rather than like being right there and like on the end of just killing yourself you know so yeah. it's, it's a it's an intriguing intriguing piece well and that you you make a good point because uh presentation is sort of up to the producer director mm-hmm. team as to how they're going to uh, perform or or yeah exactly present to the audiences these words and these songs because the songs almost stand alone yeah exactly which it's a concept album you know so yeah. it was like you know for it it was originally like they had this idea they wanted to make a show of it but then they're like okay well first let's make just the like raw music and they released it as like a concept album and i think that there's a lot with the framing of the show like you're talking about that about like as a producer as like a director like how you want to like cast a story mm-hmm. and it was really interesting with this one because like you know i think there's always those contexts of how to tell a story and like you know a lot of shows they have like you know stage directions in the thing but since this is mostly all music like every line is capitalized like you know it's all supposed to be yeah. singing so it's not like there's much like judas comes up on like you know a, like exactly. a city it's just straight through so i think there is a little bit of that liberty that you know mm-hmm. as like a artistic group like you know that people have and so it was fun to like you know not only like get to be a part of a vision but also have some input in that and like get to talk about it because mm-hmm. this role is like for me was really important and i like looked at as kind of a dream role at one point just because like it was something so different in high school where you know i was used to watching like amc movies as a kid with my mom and then like you know kind of thinking theaters one way thinking it's very that golden age like you know we did guys and dolls in high school and like you know i'm like okay like theater's fun but i don't really see like as much of a place for me mm-hmm. it was like intriguing to get like a role where i'm like oh wow like this is a like not a role played by just played by a black man but it's kind of has this feel that it's like could be written for it and like especially in the like I think maybe more in the interpretation of it because I think Murray Head was the name of a guy and he was he was Caucasian and you know and so that's like was something interesting where I was like oh like but this has this like gravel to it and it has like the soul being despite you know race mm-hmm. is this like guys that. and dolls you're talking about uh, more and more of a Jesus Christ superstar oh like, yeah okay, so yeah. sorry oh, I made made, yeah. made that like leap a little too quick oh, but okay. uh, yeah so it was kind of something fun and you know so why do you bring up black and white it oh oh yeah oh yeah sorry so you can't see me here you know i'm actually just wearing like you know shorts and a jacket no i'm i being biracial my uh, my mom is white and my dad is black uh-huh. and so kind of you know had that like those pieces in my life over my whole life kind of defining different pieces of my life and looking at it so kind of seeing that like you know things through like a race scope like i'm mm-hmm. i'm from like you know mid-missouri like you know I was raised in like the Ozarks and, mm-hmm. you know, grew up in Sunrise Beach and then went to Camdenton High School, you know, and mm-hmm. got to kind of see things through different steps where it was like, you know, I lived in like a really small town at first in Sunrise Beach. So it was like our school was like, you know, maybe 150 from K through five, you know, yeah. and then like coming to like, you know, Camdenton, like, you know, kind of the upper elementary middle school and then kind of going through high school and being in one of those places where, you know, you probably on two hands can count most of the black kids and like, sure. you know, your grade or like, you know, things like that. And kind of getting the different inputs of maybe what people thought you should be like versus kind of what you know what you were like you know i live with just my mom and like you know growing up and i was like my mom my grandma and like you know my dad was like in the picture at times like you know like i would i would talk with him and have kind of those moments and like snippets but less time of like he was like you know i've seen him a handful of times you know in my life and so not as much like or it's like kind of the i share his name so i'm actually like the fifth and so it's kind of one of those things of funny to have like a legacy or like a trajectory, but not necessarily have all of the like 
minutia of the in context because you're not around somebody all the time and wow. you know adapting features of someone like you know whether that's a face or personality and yeah. pieces and hereditary things like that but then having to like kind of figure out what you're going to do with that especially given that you're in a different place a different region mm-hmm. and you know state of mind so how do you uh, uh how do you get perspective on that do you yeah you have I think my mom, my mom has definitely been like a great person for that, like in a beacon of like kind of the, I think I wouldn't always call it responsibility of it, but you know, she came from, she grew up in a small town. She's from Northern Missouri, like near Memphis, Missouri. It's, it's called Gorn. And so, you know, for all the people out there and, uh, that's where she like was raised. And so she's raised in a really small kind of like town where it was kind of maybe more homogenous and the types of people and the like, you know, when it comes to like ethnicity and such. And I think she, I remember her talking about she had like a uh, elementary school teacher that was from Africa and like, you know, in like a really small town. Right. And that just kind of oh. gave her a bigger scope and perspective in the world. And then, you know, when she left for college to play sports, you know, she kind of got to see the different people and like the different like, you know, kind of we're talking about ideologies of the world and like you know coming people coming from different diverse backgrounds and like you know of different races and kind of seeing how she wanted to see people and kind of not judge based off of a race or off of like mm-hmm. you know things like that that you know maybe someone has no control over or like maybe doesn't have that perspective for themselves sure. but to really start to like judge people and like when it comes to a i mean judge not being maybe the right word but like mm-hmm. you know accepting people mm-hmm. for like who they are and trying to find that so from a young age my mom always said i had like you know somewhat of a responsibility to like in a town where people maybe be a little backwards at times you know from like you know maybe not necessarily the ones i'm hanging out with but i have like to uphold like a thing when it comes to being a good person being accountable Mm -hmm. like you know not falling into just like you know kind of like trends when it comes to things and like making sure to so you didn't sag no no like which like you know again it goes back to that was always a funny thing was that like there was what people thought i should be like because they're like oh like you know obviously you know you must be from like st louis or you know somewhere like that and that that was like the mindset people had was that you know you must be from somewhere different and i'm like no like or like you know and then on the other side of it people telling you like oh well you know you don't talk black like you don't talk like you know and it's like well if you really want to boil down like i'm biracial but there's no talking black like that kind of has that like that micro like you know microaggression kind of comes to like you know little little bits of racism you know whenever people like they're saying like oh you don't sound inarticulate like you know you sound like you know what you're talking about like you're into things that you don't know all the like newest hip-hop songs or something like that and Mm -hmm. that was always like a funny thing as a kid like trying to figure out of like you're not black enough not white enough and like trying to like navigate that and make sure that like you're in the right place and you know representing like you know because i also got to be like an athlete like you know i think that kind of fit into some of people's Mm -hmm. thoughts and maybe what being like the black experience was like and you know yeah the expected Mm -hmm. oh wow look at him go yeah like you know the the big fro kind of high school experience you know but i think i i saw on your facebook page (laughs) somebody thought you were the guy running all these things on a pro team or something i don't know there was there's there's always some things like i always love uh there's a story when i was in college at mizzou so i'm right now doing my like you know grad school stuff there but when i was on undergrad i went there my first semester and then i actually transferred away for a little while because i was playing football in college and uh that was like one of those funny things where someone's like hey i saw you the other day and i'm like no, no. you didn't <laughs> and they're like no no seriously i like i saw you and it, like you know i'm like I promise you, I'm not in Columbia. They're like, oh, really? I saw a guy look just like you. And, you know, you're like, 
okay, like I'll give you benefit of the doubt because they're probably like, you know, I don't think I have the most like unique features in the world, but you know, I was like, hey, I swear, like, and then it kind of became like a recurring bit of like, you know, I just kept running into people who were like, you look really familiar. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. It's, it's my face. I've had it my whole life. You know, it's just crazy like that. Of course, when you shave, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you would, I've seen pictures of you, but I've only known you. It beard. feels like with a beard, although in, in Newsies, I, Newsies, I didn't have as much of a beard. I, I had to keep shaving through that. Act, you were probably clean. I think I had a mustache for that. Oh, yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, and that's like a, that's like you know another thing too of like kind of like what aspects to like accentuate when it comes to that. Like you know, do you mm-hmm. do you have a beard? Like how well coiffed are you gonna be? Like you know, I think for like so for like Jesus Christ Superstar, that was one of those things where I was like going for more of the. Like, what it would be like if you lived in that context that time. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to shave. It's going to be really, like, you know, gnarled kind of look. Mm-hmm. And so Me too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's just a part of it. I had the longest beard I've had for a few years, yeah. And so it's kind of, it's funny, like, you know, whenever you're trying to, like, fit into an imaginary context where it's like, yes, we're in the past, but we're also singing... 70s music rock music and we're yelling at each other and like you know dancing dancing, yeah and there's there's a disco ball going off so it's like it is a fever dream at times but it's like you know it's our fever dream so it's not a nightmare so yeah we've talked about the trouble i had with that yeah we did we did it's funny how uh, and i've talked to other people about my trouble Mm -hmm. and i've heard folks say well i I didn't see that i don't think you know it's not the way anybody else or everybody else would look at it. And that was just the, uh, probably because I was a minister for 25 years, mm-hmm. a Christian minister, I, t- and that I taught at a historically black university for 30 years. Yeah, I was years. about to say, this would be Lincoln, right? Yeah, Lincoln University. Uh, when I saw that uh, Judas, who's traditionally the bad guy, is uh-huh. now cast as a black man and then at the end he hangs himself and then oh this is the catcher and it took about two weekends of shows for see i was standing right below the platform you were on when you sang your last song before the Uh hanging and i couldn't make out all the words i i wasn't you know keen on how the song went and is he saying, God, you martyred me? You murdered me? Murder? What is it? Finally, one night, and then I looked up the words. You're saying, you murdered me. Uh-huh. Murdered me. Yeah, probably yelling didn't make that very easy to like, decide. Well, but to the audience, they were right in front of the speakers, that, so they probably got it. But uh, and then I was thinking, oh, my goodness. Here, God is murdering a black man by hanging and then I, oh, oh what, 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 what's going on here you know and so that sensitivity uh, sort of grew in me but like i said i've sort of checked it out with other folks and oh yeah i didn't even notice mm-hmm. so i i just share that yeah as, uh, for sure like and i mean it's, it's a great talking point because like you know i think it goes back to that co- like cognizance i always feel like i have to approach certain things when it deals with race where it's like you know, obviously, there's something I wanted to say with this role. Like, you know, and I talk about Judas a lot. And why it means like a lot to me is mm-hmm. that I think that it's like amazing that the show is. It is called Jesus Christ Superstar, but it's a lot of the ways it is through Judas's like visor. Like, it's through his like the way he perceives things and 
based right. off of his schema. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the structure of like musical theater, which is like, you know, something I'm really interested in, there's like the idea of like who you start with. Like I, I read this book that talked about how if you were a man walking on the beach and you saw a bird and you saw it flying around and you kind of started to like admire it and then you watch it like fly into the ocean and grab a fish, you'd be like, yes, it got a fish. It's, it's living, it's sustaining, it's, you know, good for it, like it's success. But if you were swimming in the ocean mm-hmm. and you saw the, you saw the fish, you're like, wow, look at this fish. It's beautiful. I'm right here. And then the bird flew down and took it. Then now you're like, wow, this, this fish was defeated. Like I, I feel bad. I feel this mm-hmm. s- like sympathy for this creature. And I think that there's a lot of ways that that's how I see Jesus Christ superstars. It doesn't start off with, you know, Jesus singing Gethsemane or something like that. It actually starts with like Judas and his song saying like his plight and saying, I like, you know, lines like I, you know, talking about how he loves Jesus mm-hmm. and how there is this like fondness. And even though there's this like ire buried there and this frustration it's still about like him being so close to it and being like things were good and now it's changed and like Mm -hmm. it's been like you know kind of altered to be something else that maybe it wasn't originally Mm -hmm. and maybe there's good intent still but like he's trying to protect his like his people his like clan and i really connect a lot with that fact that like this show follows someone that's so close to something religious and something like you know sacred and amazing and has this power but then also still has questions mm-hmm. and that like it's his questions aren't really fostered throughout. Like, I feel like there's a lot of this every time he tries to talk to Jesus, even though he's yelling at him, Jesus like kind of like, you know, at times is co- like condescends and doesn't yeah, really give him does. the opportunity to have this discussion. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of times, I think that's why the line, like you murdered me really meant a lot to me because I was like it, the story honestly feels a lot about like predestination mm-hmm. if you're looking at it right. in that, because like even Jesus says like, you know, you've had this plan the whole time, like, you know, and Judas kind of voices the same thing of like, I feel like I was set on this path. And a lot of times right. that's why people do the whole thing for Judas of he comes down from heaven because he filled his role. Mm-hmm. And it's not as much of like he betrayed Jesus and he wasn't supposed to. It's that he betrayed Jesus and that's what he was like. And he was supposed to. And he was supposed to. And it, it was supposed to be a hard decision. Yeah. And I remember a lady came up to me after the show and she voiced that. And like she's like, I really appreciated that like you brought that nuance into the role of like mm. feeling tortured for having to do something. But then being like, oh, like, because that's what I was supposed to do. And that's what that goes back to that religious, like, coming down from heaven. It's like saying, not my will, but thy will. Yeah, thy will. The same thing that we normally hear Jesus saying in the garden. Mm -hmm. But Judas, in a sense, is saying it as well. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that, like, obviously there's the villainy, like, the villainous aspect of, like, the betrayal, right? And, like, how we think of that. And that's all in quotes. But uh, I think on the other side of it, there's the aspect of kind of the role playing of I didn't want to do this, but I feel like the trajectory was set on this way. Because, like, you know, there's the talk of silver, like several times to the show, of like where he's like, you wasted money on this. Like, we could have given it to the poor. Right. And then later they offer him the silver and they say, you know, you can choose any charity, give to the poor. And I felt like. I always as like a trigger like I always like to think of like what as an actor or as a character like drives me it's like that was like that moment for my character of like maybe I should like mm-hmm. maybe I should betray Jesus for the silver because I could give it to the poor and even though I guess biblically he throws it out casts it out you know but it's like I think about that as like a character of like oh this was posed earlier in the script right and was posed as like a this is a contentious point and I really am upset that like you know you're wasting this money and then there was a chance over this money to be used for good and like mm-hmm. 
I think that there's that like delusions of grandeur of like what your role is and like he thought he could st- stop this and protect his people. So this is one of the fascinations I have with with theater uh, and being in the show is that we are rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing and then we're on stage on stage on stage and and we have time for these nuances mm-hmm. <laughs> as you call them too. Wow, oh, 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 this is cool. Oh, wow. You know. And and yet the audience that comes only has one shot. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's weird because we never really get that same circumstance like yeah. to be like, "Oh, what did our show look like in one like one swoop?" Like, you know, and without any like, you know, pre like notion of what it should be or what it could be like you know we're not like oh man i should have sang that note right or oh i said that saying the words wrong like they don't know that whenever you're there necessarily mm-hmm. and it's the overall in a way the overall effect that the director is able to bring out of us mm-hmm. that is what's transmitted to the audience and so they've got to just sort of feel it in the moment mm-hmm. uh, so it's just really it, it really is unique in a way that we have opportunities uh-huh to to really get into the the meat of these things. Yeah, and I think that like there's it goes back going back to that like kind of the nuance that you can imbue into a character that's not even necessarily like stealing the show or taking away from a moment, but like what is the intent? Like I always love the idea that theater's about like wants and needs of characters and how they like intersect. Mm-hmm. And I I really love that aspect of whenever I'm not saying anything, I'm still trying to say things to the audience. So that if anyone pulls, like, you know, if they're ever like, okay, well, what's Judas think about this? They can look over and get kind of a metric for, like, how the character feels. Mm-hmm. And that's always been, like, an important part to me. Like, I remember I've had roles where I would always have, like, a backstory, like, where I'd be like, okay, like, even though the plot says this, or, like, I'm supposed to be doing this, like, this is kind of, at every beat, this is, like, where my character's at with that. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, I was in Heathers, and in Heathers, there's a part where, like, they try to frame these two um, two guys for being, like, gay, and, like, that they do this, like, death pack, like, you know. And so, but, like, I always made that, like, okay, well, what if my character actually was? And, like, you know, and the other guy wasn't. But even though they were trying to frame it, and I'm like, how would that change mm-hmm. every scene, the way I look at a moment? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that was kind of one of my like things and then i remember in newsies mine was that like i always had a cigar yeah and my thing about it was that like the story there was a kiddo that always wanted to have the cigar and i was like no 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 like you can't you can't but then like later there's a speech um by uh was it roosevelt is that mm-hmm. yeah and so he had yeah, yeah yeah he has his uh speech and there's like about passing the torch and i was just always like like you know this is the this is the moment of like this like you know from my character of like learning to pass on to the next generation but then i like take it back because i'm like no like you're not allowed to have that (laughs) but like conceptually like you know i think that there's always important to kind of give your character something to like think about in a moment Mm -hmm. and then to really like try to figure out ways to express that without pulling away focus but to keep a story energized Mm -hmm. and theater theater's really about that you know when you watch enough the greatest shows you've been to but um, I always feel that when I've gone to really good shows that like everybody was invested in the moment. Everybody was really trying to move forward the plot mm-hmm. like together, even if their words weren't, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. so. Murphy Ward, actor par excellence. <laughs> We're going to take a station break in a minute, but when we come back, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your own future in terms of you i think you have a play that you're yeah for sure yeah i would love to talk about some of that and and whatever else we might Perfect. get into thank you very so, much murphy thank Ward, you everybody else see you all and uh, we'll we'll see you on the radio in just a minute <laughs> <laughs> 
Take us away, Dennis. And welcome back to Glocal News in Social Artistry. Uh, Dick Dalton, your host here, where we talk to folks building a more humane world from the inside out. And my guest, Murphy Ward, today, uh, let me see. Murphy, do you think that theater is helping to build a more humane world? Yeah, I definitely do. I think that, like, it's a nice, like, entertainment allows us to kind of go into another guise or another kind of kind of the shoes of someone else and allow us to kind of see it from another perspective and kind of can allow that like sympathy to become empathy like I think always that I'm really like drawn to shows that like pull out like humanity and different situations and different perspectives Mm -hmm. and I think that like where some people like look for those experiences like outright like whether that's like you know in their day-to-day life or in literature um, or even in like their own art form there's some people that like it doesn't come to them as easily so to kind of if you can help them navigate a story and like they can go through something and at the end have that moment where they're like wow like i now get somebody else like i get this group or i understand this pain or i understand this group of people better like i think that that's where theater can really come into play and you know whether that's because you know the people that are in it and you come just to watch them and then you know i've had people talk about being moved by a show and they didn't really even they didn't mean to, but it was something they needed to hear. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's where, like, great, like, whether that's music or performances can come into play is because mm-hmm. there's something very visceral and raw about, like, being right there in a moment with someone. And if they can really, like, kind of hit all of those, like, you know, talking about those emotional beats, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's where theater can come into play. Have you had theater classes at Mizzou? Um, I, so I have a theater under, like, so in my undergrad, I did um, information technology. So mm-hmm. that was my major, and then my minor was theater. Uh-huh, okay. And I mostly did that um, because I started taking the writing classes. I, I really love to write, but I wanted to kind of take, like, playwriting. I wanted to see, like, kind of improve my skill and kind of understand the format better. Mm-hmm. And so I took, like, a playwriting course, and then at Missouri State, I took a uh, poetry class, and then here I took a film, film like, short writing and, like, a film course. And then mm-hmm. in the writing program at Mizzou, when they have, like, in theater, they have beginning playwriting, intermediate, advanced playwriting. So I took all three of those. Oh wow! And then I did an independent study with uh, Professor Crespi mm-hmm. there, and you know David Crespi. Yeah, David uh-huh. Crespi. Yep, mm-hmm. he's he's amazing. I love him. And then also, yeah, I hope to have him on the show once. Yeah, time. yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's a great guy. I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. I'll see what I can do. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know how much cloud I have, you know, but I'll I'll definitely be like. Well, hey. you or Mel Richardson, one of the. Two. <laughs> I don't know if you know Mel. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. She's a Jeff City friend. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hope, and hope. she's. In theater at Mizzou right now. Oh, good, good. Yeah. What else? Is, what's she doing? Writing. Oh, right. okay, yeah. yeah. So I'll probably, One of those classes. I'll probably cross at some point. But, uh, yeah, that's – so I took all those writing courses there, like, that way. I didn't take as many, like, theater, like, raw, like, you know, acting courses or anything okay. like that. But I've always kind of done it as, like, a case study of, like, writing, being able to analyze characters. And, you know, I've done a lot of, like, watching kind of things. And so I also took – with that, like a sewing course, like a costume construction. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a few other, like, just for that minor. It's it's not too many courses, you know, and I'd already had, like, several in different mm-hmm. capacities. But but you did uh, do a show or some yes, show yeah. at uh, Studio A, they call yeah, it? Yeah, so um, I've done uh, at Mizzou. I did a, like, so they kind of had their, like, 
summer comedies kind of thing and uh just like a stage reading i did that it was actually a play by uh, dr crespi mm. and so it was like a little musical and i was in that and i was a bear and i was like a kind of like a fun time bear that's like you know sold his soul to the, like the tv kind of like you know bad guy and so i did that one summer i've also done uh, i did Char- your good man charlie brown that was, oh. and we did that that was mm-hmm. at the Rhinesberger. And yeah, so I was a Schroeder in that, so I was playing playing piano with my cool. fake piano playing skills, mm-hmm. and then uh, I also got to do uh, Songs for a New World, which was like a really great show. And that being one of the those kind of shows that has that imbued with like an emotional like kind of kind of chemistry and energy that a lot of people come to, and they're like, this is a little bit different than this isn't as like you know dancing like musical kind of thing. It's more about like the stories and very. Uh, it's a very vignette type show. I don't know if you're familiar it, with well, it. Well, we did it at CCP. Awesome, yes. Yeah, so uh, and I recall it was one song after another, yes. but the songs were story songs. They, they are yeah. definitely story songs. Jason Robert Brown actually got to meet him recently, and that was like, and I actually got to ask him like questions and kind of talk to him about the shows I was working on. That was like a really like amazing, like, you know, meeting like an, an idol, but he's an incredible in man in musical theater. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the thing about the, our show was that uh, Dr. Powell, who's like someone I've been working with at the university, she's awesome and has a great vision. And that's what she did was she actually gave like each of us a character and each song represented a point in our life where we were talking about something and kind of our like interconnectivity of all the characters and all the pieces. So mm-hmm. it was fun for me where I was like, uh, you know, ex-athlete, which is something I connect with, like, you know, in, in a past life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then also who was, like, went off to be in the military, like, after, mm. like, he couldn't make his way. Like, there's the song Steam Train, which is about playing basketball and being a star. But in the song, I had this moment where we took a pamphlet from, like, a military pamphlet, and it was, like, where it's, like, oh, a new world, like, you know, just across the, uh-huh. like, you know, river and kind of this idea that there's, like, a, like, kind of t- changing perspectives and, change, like, pivoting. And that's where, like, for me, like, I took my sports kind of context, going back from that, and kind mm-hmm. of the scheme I had with that, and taking that with me of pivoting from athletics and kind of the drive you have to have in that and the dedication and the work ethic and pivoting that towards other things in my life. So I really connected with that. I didn't go military route, but mm-hmm. I understood, I can understand what that feels like for a character of like giving up something you love, but taking that like passion with you, like forgetting it, but not the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you uh, come across Theater of the Oppressed? I, I have definitely. So I took an IV and theater Dr. course. And Dr. Burgoyne? Not familiar with, with him specifically. No, her. Or her. her. She's yeah, at Mizzou, me. and she was on our show here oh, okay. last year. So yeah. cool. Yeah. I, there's some Suzanne people in the... Burgoyne got me into theater back in 2000. Hey, that's a full circle. Yeah. That's, for, that's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I'm familiar with Theater of the Oppressed. Like, you know, we, I did a lot of things like you know, epic theater in high school. Like we okay. did uh, kind of, we'd go over like little lessons. So it'd be like, oh, French neoclassic era and then theater of the oppressed yeah. and then okay. absurdism. And like, we would learn about them. I wouldn't say anecdotally, like we would like mm-hmm. kind of maybe to do like a, sh- like a little bit of a reading in one of the shows or mm-hmm. do someone would do a presentation on it. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm familiar with it enough to be like, okay. to talk about it, but like, yeah. not, not, not all the way. And you mentioned absurdism. Yeah. Uh, my one time in Studio A was auditioning this last year for Waiting for Godot. Okay. Or Godot, uh-huh. or however people pronounce it these days. And Suzanne Burgoyne was on the okay. audition panel. Okay. But I was a little old for uh, the <laughs> all the, the young students in the hallway were just uh, <laughs> on fire. And, 
I come in and I I do all right, but it it was. It's, it's interesting to find that like yeah. you know it's like you want to have eclectic shows right and then but then it's also like kind of creating like okay if this person's supposed to be like in their like you know in their 40s and then like you know but they look like they're closer to 15 and then you have this person over here like you know that's like a difference in age at times like you know it's hard yeah, like it's hard i think that that's something i've really noticed is in community theater and in like you know shows and <laughs> universities it's it's tough to find the intersection of like you yeah. know i know with like shows like mama mia they talked about that of like okay like how are we like if these people are this age and that means these people have to be this age it's very much like you know kind of one sets the other and one like drives the other so so what's your play about yeah so um i do i do a lot of writing um there's actually one I'm, I'm interested to hear some what you thought, but the one I'm working on right now, the musical, uh, I'm really excited about. Um, it's called All the Spaces, and it's um, about a kiddo with muscular dystrophy, mm-hmm. and it's kind of bound him to like a wheelchair for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I kind of connect, have that con- like connection to that because my uncle had he had MS, and mm-hmm. um, I actually a lot of the story was driven by kind of like growing up around that and watching kind of this degradation of somebody that like I really like cared for, mm-hmm. and to watch them like where it's like okay they're their mind was fine for a long time, but then to see like how that kind of affected them and their relationships with mm-hmm. kind of the world and kind of their optimism towards things. Mm-hmm. And then I also um, was really inspired by, um, there's a kiddo, my, my principal at my high school, his son had uh, cerebral palsy. Oh. And when I was in high school playing football and you know I kind of got to live that life and get to be like a little bit of a, get to be the kind of rock star in that aspect. Um, it was really intriguing whenever like, you know, he talked to me and I'm like, yeah, so like, you know, what's like your dream? What do you want to do? And he's like, yeah, I would love to score a touchdown for, you know, Jeff Shore. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of those moments that I was like, I get to do that every week. And my hindrance is like, you know, the game plan or like, you know, the team we're playing, but like myself is not as much of an obstacle. And I really like thought about that. And I was like, it was one of those moments you put in your back pocket. You're like, that was a semi- that was like a very formative like seminal point in my life mm-hmm. like hearing that mm-hmm. and like what what to do with that like what what does that mean and hope like hoping that one day you know you can use something like that in your like you know opportunity or with your platform so mm-hmm. the show is about this kiddo named Gail 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 yeah and uh he's he has muscular dystrophy he comes back for senior year and kind of tries to rekindle relationships with people so he he's really big into space that was like from like a long time cuz he has this dream of like walking in space whereas like you know he can't really walk as well on earth mm. and so he has this like where it's like it's the mix between he's a very like brilliant kid and like it could like possibly work from like a very like working as an engineer for nasa but not as much as being like an astronaut for nasa mm-hmm. and so he has this like intersection of like do you root for something that you know is probably can't happen for you or do you like keep fighting so you can get as close to that like you know that very old like you know it's like the idiom of like you know shoot for the moon and land amongst the stars kind of thing you know whether that's not really as accurate but we we all get the sentiment and so the story's about him and his like relationship with like his childhood friends and like juxtaposing like their growth against each other where he his buddy is like the athlete kind of cool guy but he's lost his way and kind of lost his passion Mm. and where he has all this passion but not necessarily all the ability to like actualize everything. So he kind of, it's going back to that conversation of passing on a torch. It's about like Gail kind of giving off because this energy to all the people in his life, as he Mm. knows that like, there's kind of this, I wouldn't say futility, but that like, you know, his like, you know, he's kind of already, I always say that the story of him coming to terms with like death has already happened before the script. And like, he is this really bright person because some of the brightest people I've met are people with some of the like you know the worst hands you know right. from like a 
maybe the third party perspective. And so I really wanted to tell a story about someone with so much hope and optimism mm-hmm. and how the people in proximity to that like change. Mm-hmm. So the inspiring quality of these people that go through so much um, in terms of their limitations and yet their their own personal perspective on life is yeah, it's, better it's, than ours. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, you know, I think that for me, it's like I never would want to like belittle someone or really use it as like a gimmick. Like that's the one thing I always said is like I wanted to tell a story where it's not about like let me kind of pander or by any means, but like talk about the like these are people that want things and want mm-hmm. relationships and like have love and have hate and have like you know fight yeah. and have argument and are sassy and yell at parents and like you know kind of all these things that we would describe in a normal story with like you know characters whether they're real or not, but be like oh but there's an added like thing for this character. So mm-hmm. example in the show and like I've actually had like you know some people like like Alex Armstrong from. Yeah, just he recorded some of the songs that we have for it, and like that was one of the things. Is like I wanted to make sure that right now, like obviously, I don't have access to people that maybe have like you know muscular dystrophy, the specific mm-hmm. uh, type being Duchenne, uh, but um, like I don't have necessarily access to people like that. But like wanted one day to create a platform for people that maybe don't can't get roles because right. you know of some right. disability mm-hmm. or like ailment and kind of mm-hmm. and create like a spot for people like that where it's like here's an, a character a main character protagonist mm-hmm. that you could you could feasibly see yourself in one day mm-hmm. and like that to have that opportunity wow wow yeah. so uh, you, have you come across other plays that have taken that i think uh, there's definitely approach? like you know there's definitely like perspectives of that and like shows um musical wise I think that there's like a few shows that like you know I know like Spring Awakening did a like version that was like it was actually um I think I'm trying to remember the f- official title but um they actually had like a lot of accessibility for like people that were deaf in the cast because it's a lot about like words falling on you know deaf ears honestly mm-hmm. and so that was like you know they had like one girl was in a wheelchair she's actually there's a girl right now she's in Oklahoma that's uh, on, on Broadway and she's in a wheelchair. Hmm. And so, you know, it's like more like creating roles for like intriguing spots. And it goes back to that yeah. perspective of representation. Like, you know, obviously like I'm like, I've, I'm not in a wheelchair, but I feel like that I've been around in the proximity and I want to talk for people that have been in that spot. And like, you know, the same thing of like, I've written some Afrofuturism pieces and some different things like that, that like about perspective of being black and about like, you know, kind of the, like being biracial and mm-hmm. kind of the, some of those like ideals, but you know, there's kind of different spots for stories like that, you know? And so this mm-hmm. one, I was working on a piece about whenever there were the protests and stuff on campus and it was using the story of like Les Mis and okay. like juxtaposing it. Cause like, you know, we'll go to Mizzou and it just was kind of like Les Mizzou. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is, this is too good to like pass up. So I kind of wrote like a slam poetry musical about that so cool yeah so something different like you know because you know i had a lot of people kind of asking me to speak on behalf of that you know and my like you know from my hometown and from like you know i my friend's dad was a one of the curators and stuff and so we talked a little bit about like those ideas of what was happening right and i was like well i feel like there's a lot it's like very nuanced as you were talking about like you know there's different people from that are close by that are going to like you know lincoln and there's people from st louis Mm -hmm. kansas city coming in and it became this like kind of you know hodgepodge of people and all having like the same types of questions and wondering like how to frame it and so i was like i just kind of wanted to write something about it. i like to like kind of take 
some of those again one of those moments you kind of back pocket and mm-hmm. take as an inspiration do you have a trajectory point out there do you have a, a a pot at the end of the rainbow that you're kind of um i would love to go into like i love to write and i love like that aspect of being able to generate opportunities and like you know kind of be an assist man and to an extent and like you know creating like you know so i do a lot of writing of pilots like i try to write like a pilot a month hmm. and like you know for like a tv show and build up like kind of the back like oh. minutia and pieces to that and the components to make it like work mm-hmm. and so you know i'd love to do that i writing this musical i'd really love for it to go somewhere or to be like performed in like a local like you know place and kind of get that perspective of like what's missing where it needs to go mm-hmm. finish the songs we're about like there's i think 26 songs or something like that like some of them being reprises and such or reprisals mm-hmm. and uh i think we're about like eight songs in so i'd love to get it done by the summer by the summer. By the and summer. This is uh, April the... Uh... Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's closer than I'd like it to be. Like it to be or it's coming down the wire. But uh, no, it's my, my buddy's moving back. Like I've been... So I haven't been writing the music all myself. I've been working with my cousin. Uh, she's from my... Her name's Kylie Compton. Been mm-hmm. writing. She goes to Drury in mm-hmm. Springfield. And so we've been doing a lot of writing together mm-hmm. for it. And we've been talking about like writing a musical forever. And then my buddy, Sean Campanini, who's... um He's a musician from like those arcs. And also mm-hmm. he's living out in like Seattle and eventually going to the LA route and he's has like three studio albums and so he's been writing the music we've been writing the music together you know I've been writing more the lyrics and like this is the feel like I know musicals and he knows a lot of music so it's been a really fun blend like there's some recordings of us from when we were like 13 you know writing songs you know so it's fun to get that like more fleshed out as adults and like more of whenever we're at a higher level yeah Wonderful. Uh, Rogers and Hammers is yes, Murphy and Sean. And <laughs> hey, you know, that's that's the goal, right? You know, I'm going to do something sure, like that. So sure. I would really love for that to be maybe in the future. It's like that opportunity mm-hmm. to, like, be able to write shows and create opportunities for people, whether that's in a, you know. So do you uh, have places to post those or do you have... Um, uh, do, are you yeah do people find you just on facebook or instagram i haven't or? really as found like i've been kind of a little i guess a little shy about some of that stuff about yeah. getting it out mm-hmm. there um i did a lot of whenever i was in the class of like the publication like that i have kind of a little writer's room mm-hmm. that i like work with one of my buddies his name's zachary washington mm-hmm. uh we like work together all the time and like he's like kind of my co-writer on most things so mm-hmm. we actually share writing between each other mm-hmm. and uh he's working with the studio he lives in houston and so he's working with the studio there to put on one of our pilots. So they're trying to film that wow. pilot wow. over the summer. And we've done that. And we're also trying to do like short, like film a short over the summer that we wrote called Still Life. And you're taking graduate classes still yes, now, as yes. we speak. So I work at the university. Um, I It's over in the School of Information Science and Learning Technology. Mm-hmm. And I work over um, on an educational game. I I like helping the development of that. It's called Mission Hydrosci, so it works on water science, and so I do a lot of the like cinematics and the some of the, some of the coding and programming there, and then now, I've done you, a little voice acting in it too. So. Are you the the grad student that's working for a prof, a professor, or yeah, sort of? So um, I'm a so I'm a GRA, so uh-huh. like what it does yeah. is like waive my waste my tuition, and mm-hmm. uh, I then get to like you know I make money based on how much I work and everything like that. So and, a graduate research assistant. Yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I'm that like role in it where there's some full time people, and then we're under Dr. Laffey, and then my boss is Joe Griffin, mm-hmm. and so like it's I have like I'm a designer developer hybrid kind of thing. So you know, just kind of gotta wear as many hats as people let you. And so 
1977, I became a graduate teaching assistant. Okay. And I, my check for the year was more than I'd ever made in my life. $10,000 for <laughs> a year. That's awesome. And I thought, man, this is the way to be a student. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and you know, that's like my thing of like, since I don't really know, like you're asking about this pot of gold, it's like at the end of this rainbow, I'm like, well, I don't really know how the like how where this arch is going or arc mm-hmm. is going on this rainbow and mm-hmm. not really sure of like, you know, I don't really want to stifle any opportunities or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of trying to absorb as much as I can while I'm here and trying to like take advantage of as many like opportunities that people are willing to like extend out to me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, learning from a lot of brilliant people that are here and that have a lot of great advice and mm-hmm. loving to be on like talks like this yeah. and like learn and get those pieces. So hoping that like you know as i'm here like you know i'm like i might as well get my like grad like your mom loves that you know my i love my mama and so mm-hmm. she has a is she still down in the, um no she actually moved to iowa so she oh, okay. she married like a kind of a childhood sweetheart kind of relationship like they they pictured whenever they were in high school and were in uh they went to like winter formal right and you know like years later reconnected and so she moved to iowa and so my aunt and family are like still in like you know lake of the ozarks area uh-huh. camdenton but and like you know also like lebanon and such but mm-hmm. for me it's like kind of like home is wherever i can kind of meet up with those people mm-hmm. and those, those pieces i'm a fan any my plans for more uh, theater in jeff city with um ccp well i know that coming up i'm doing the like showcase with alex uh so alex armstrong he's trying to go to university of michigan like kind of like a workshop kind of summer camp thing that he got accepted into but you know obviously things like that competition and he got uh, selected but it takes some bucks yeah for sure and like you know i'm i kind of can connect with that because i've done some stuff like that for football and like where it was like hey like pay pay us for you to be a part of this experience and learn you know so shall we pitch that that's down at capital city Productions. yes it is and it's a one night only yes. the Friday the I think the fifth, May, May the fifth or third, third. the May third yeah third. that's right fifth and so Sunday, it's yeah. gonna be out like Alex Armstrong when she was in you know Newsies he was the lead he's fantastic in everything he does you know gets to be, he was in, and he's played up here in Columbia yes uh, he was Tarzan and Tarzan and he and he did some things over at Columbia College uh, yeah he did the opera I think recently well and he did the uh, the gay guy that was killed out in. Uh, uh, Nevada was it? Uh, he played. He sang some songs. Right okay. In that, I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure what. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so he's well in it. Known in the area. He is. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a star. I can't even say he's a little star. So if people wanted to go, it's a dinner and a show. yeah, dinner and a show. And so in that, it'll actually be so Alex is performing. Tim Bommel, who is in cabaret, mm-hmm. and was also it was like as the MC, and then he was recently Jesus and you know Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-hmm. And then also Troy Ludwig, who mm-hmm. um, was in Newsies as well, and has been in a lot of the shows. And you know, in Newsies, he was crutchy and he tore everybody's heart out. Yeah. You know, his like wonderful performance. And so you know, it's it's going to be that. And then I'll be singing in it, and also Katie Farr, who is going to be singing in, um, who is going to be Mama in Mamma Mia. Mia, yeah, and is like you know the, is like the lead in that. So it's going to be a nice little like intersection of like us singing solo songs, and then also singing duet with Alex. And Alex singing a bunch of like you know cabaret of songs and then mm-hmm. a few group numbers. So we'll actually be singing songs from our musical and wow. I'll be singing a song. Alex will be Wonderful. singing one of the songs and him and mm-hmm. I'll sing like a duet. So uh-huh. we kind of the filling that filling that time, you know. Uh-huh. But it'll be food there. It'll be a, hopefully a great time and like you know I wanna wanna help him get where he needs to go because he's helped me and I like you know it means a lot mm-hmm. to me. He's a, 
He's a good so guy. People would go to cap, uh, ccpjc.org, I uh, think, and uh, find the tickets. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. For May the third. Yeah, May the third, and I know on Facebook there's a lot of things like that too. But mm-hmm. you know, I think there's there'd be options it's through Argyle. I know that they're still doing the food through that, and right. I want to say it's like cordon chicken, cordon bleu, and some, some other choice. Some other choices. Lots you of know. good stuff. I think cherry cheesecake. I want to say. Oh, uh, you a little bit. Focusing on certain. Hey, you know what? You gotta, fo- I gotta focus on it what I can. But yeah, so it'll be kind of fun just to like get that a bunch of us together and like you know we're kind of all buddies and stuff mm-hmm. like that and you know and get us kind of in that ability to like very much like Frank Sinatra where all of us yeah. were in Frank Sinatra together. Yeah. Um. So the Frank Sinatra Christmas that yeah, you did in December. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, great, great. Well, yeah. we're gonna be there. We Good. already got our tickets. I'm glad. Thank you so much. Yeah. Alex, thanks you. So Murphy Ward, it's been a, a treat. My goodness, uh, we never have talked so much. I know. I, I, lo- I love it. I hope we get to do it again. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even have to be in this context. You know? Right. So. We'll do our best. Uh, and looking forward to your productions uh, as they come off the line in the future. Sure. Thank All you so much. Okay. I'll keep you in touch. And folks, next week, uh, if you're from Columbia... You might have heard of a fellow named Dick Mendenhall. Uh, he was Boone Realty, and then that is now Remax. And uh, well, Dick and I grew up together from Grant School in the first grade, and it may probably before that, uh, all the way through Boy Scouts and all. And he's my guest next week. We haven't talked in a long time, so. Uh, if you've noticed a little trend here, I'm sort of catching up with old friends that I haven't talked to in a long time or new friends. And uh, so that's what we'll do next week on local news in social artistry. So until then, remember that wherever you are, that's your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it because... If it is to be, it is up to us. Take care. Talk to you soon.